We really haven't changed, but we've been given this way back. You know, we've been given this way back through Christ, through wisdom himself. Yeah. To live in such a way that's not just, it's not just good in eternity. It's in the sweet by and by. It's good here in the nasty now and now. Oh, everybody, this is so good. I had a chance to catch 20 minutes with Professor Karen Ellis of the Edmondson Center for the Study of Bible and Ethnicity at Reformed Theological Seminary in Atlanta. And she and I had this great conversation about her new book, Wisdom's Call. We recorded it before the book came out and even before we finished all the episodes in season one that you've already heard. But listen, this is a preview of the book. It is fascinating. It gets into story. It gets into worship. It gets into discipleship. I'm seven meditations in, and I can't wait for the rest of it. This is going to really help you uh, understand the narrative of Scripture from a unique perspective, and it's going to give you some advice for first-time readers, as well as some really, <laughs> some really funny proverbs from childhood. Listen in and uh, let us know what you think. So. I'm here today with <laughs> Professor Karen Ellis at RTS Atlanta, the director of the Edmonton Center. She has a new book coming out. Will you tell us about it? I am so excited about this book. It was something that I thought about a long time. I started writing on discipleship as a concept um, from foolishness to wisdom, mm-hmm. as a journey not just from um, from uh, you know not knowing Christ to knowing Christ, but out of the folly of the world and destruction and habits and patterns of death and into the house of life, into a place that affirms life, that makes life a place that builds and ultimately points us back and forward, back to the life, the shalom that we enjoyed in the garden before the fall, the position that we were ultimately created for, but have now broken because of Adam and, and woman's sin, and then also points us forward to the life of the garden and enables us to live in the nasty now and now as we're waiting for the sweet by and by. So I look to uh, Proverbs 7, 8, and 9, the concept of the adulterous woman, which okay. we are the adulterous woman. <laughs> we are the adulterous woman. Proverbs 7. And then Proverbs 8 and 9, something really interesting after something really interesting happens after all this talk of, you know, don't, don't follow the adulterous woman. Don't become the adulterous woman. These are not desirable uh, qualities. These are not qualities that will produce life. Uh, Something really interesting happens in Proverbs eight and nine. You get these two women who are calling aloud, both calling aloud in the street, Mm -hmm. both with a similar message, Mm -hmm. but there's some subtle differences. And then they, the two women end up in two different houses with two different sets of guests um, two different ways of living, and there's a both both houses have a meal, uh, both houses, <laughs> yeah. and so and so if we take that that whole concept of the fact that we are either living in wisdom's house and producing life, or living in folly's house and producing death, and understand that wisdom is the generator that runs the whole universe, because by the, by wisdom. The Lord laid the foundation of the earth, that life works better when we think our think his thoughts after him and live according to the way that he designed his world to live, which he designed originally in the garden 
for it to be a place that's good for us. So, so the creation, fall, redemption, renewal of all things. Mm-hmm. You're saying that wisdom is is creation and the fall is folly? Is it is that too simple to put it that way? No, I think that's that's I don't think that's too simple. Culturally, we tend to think about folly and foolishness as being silly. But folly is actually, in the Bible, folly is destruction. Mm -hmm. It's death. Right. It's on the way to wickedness, It's a polyon, Mm. right? Polyon. Yeah. It's it's the house. I mean, if you look at folly's guests, they're the dead. Mm. Everything in that house is death and destruction. And so when you think about, yeah, you know, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's too simplistic at all to say, you know, wisdom is, is the good of Christ. It's, it's the good in Christ. It's the good that he has provided for us to live. He is wisdom itself. He was himself, right? Um, and folly is, folly is not just the road to evil, but it's the, it's the habit of evil. It's thinking the thoughts of self and the turning in which is, that was the question that our, really is a question that our first parents were confronted with in the garden. Who's, whose house are you going to live in? Are you going to live in this garden that's been provided for you, that has a set of expectations and commands and rules and, that will lead to life? Or are you going to live according to folly's temptations by which you will surely die? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I've really enjoyed working on this project. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so this is, the title of the book is? Wisdom's Call. Wisdom's Call. 100 Meditations for a Life in Christ. So when I get the book and I open it up, is it two or three pages? Is it a devotional style? Like, what's the book like? They're 100 meditations. Each one is about four or 500 words long. And so it's just, you could open it up to any page and find uh, a thought on uh, what it is to live in wisdom, literally. So I tried to use the, the literary understanding of that, that uh, Proverbs has given us. What is around each corner in each house? Who in the Bible has, has lived having to answer a, a wisdom question, an ethical question? How did they do that? How did they live their, the entirety of their lives? Some people went and lived in wisdom's house and then slipped into folly for a minute. And we have their biblical records, right? Nobody's mm. the only person who's lived the perfect Christian life is wisdom himself. And that's Christ. Right. So we have a record full of people right. who were confronted with choices of, am I going to build life or am I going to build death? So I talk about, we talk for a little bit about the queen of Sheba. Mm. What was it like for this woman who had everything very much like Solomon She's asking the same question as Solomon. She owned everything. The retinue that she brought with her to Solomon, to see Solomon, fed Israel for years. That's how much stuff, it says so, right? It says it right in the scripture. It fed them for a very long time. It made Israel very prosperous. She had everything technically, materialistically, that a person could want. She had power. She had uh, material wealth. She had servants. Um, she had slaves. She had everything. And what was the one thing she was seeking? Wisdom. Wisdom. So she comes to meet the one. And, and this is interesting. What did she comment on after she spent time with him? She didn't, she didn't look at all he had. She said, wow, the way your people worship. She, she, watched their, 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 she watched their worship service and their practice and their, 
their solemn assemblies, and she said, "Wow, this! I think that I, I think that Solomon didn't just show her his wisdom and how wise he was. He probably showed. If I was him, I would have shown her the source of my wisdom, which is what she got to watch when she watched all of his people worshiping Yahweh." So, yeah, so I, I like to go into into dig into different pieces of the narrative and show where wisdom is operating. But I want to I want to back up and ask you a question. Most people, when they read Proverbs the first couple of times, they're just trying to get oriented. Yeah, sure. And what you just described there in wisdom calling, you've exploded the idea of reading Proverbs, the book, the collection. Mm into a whole way of viewing the narrative of Scripture, the ancient story, as you've called it. What would you say to someone who's just opening up Proverbs for the first couple of times? How would you tell them to approach reading Proverbs? Gosh, that's tricky because Proverbs in and of itself, I'm taking the concept of the houses of wisdom and folly and applying them to the whole council of Scripture. Proverbs itself is an extremely practical book. I read it like my mama sitting me down, you know, and saying, (laughs) listen, don't just remember who you are. Remember who you are when you go out and out and about. And this and it's so it's 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 it's, Proverbs itself is written to be extremely practical, um, but it operates on the principle that this practical wisdom brings life. Uh, but, you know, there's so many pieces that you walk away scratching your head or, over, you know, answer a fool according to his folly. And then right after that, you know, it says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. You know, and, to, and sussing those, those things out and what those things really mean, it's almost as if I have needed, when I come to Proverbs, I've needed a practical application in my life to understand what Proverbs was trying to unpack. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you find out why it's not good to strike hands and pledge with, <laughs> with someone, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you, and then you, you, you pay the price and you find out. So in some ways, um, for me, the book of Proverbs has always, because it's so practical, it's always needed a life teacher. It's always needed a life application. Mm. Um, either of my own folly or my own, you know, wisdom following and saying, okay, I don't understand this, but but um, Proverbs says this is not a good thing to do, so I'm not going to do it. And then finding out, wow, I'm really glad I listened, yeah. you know, just taking it in faith or, yeah. you know, doing something that is against, uh, is against the life that God wants to build in us and, and give to others through us and, Doing something against that and find and seeing the destruction, the destructive effects of me following folly, right. uh, or going against the wisdom of proverbs. Um, I would say, walk through proverbs with <laughs> one foot in front of the other as you're going through life, <laughs> and mm-hmm. let and let the scripture come to life in front of you as you watch it unfold. Yeah. Let it be yeah. the light. Psalm 119.11. The light into the your feet. light into my feet, literally. Le- like le- Proverbs yeah. is right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Because that's been a, the, the heartbeat behind doing a podcast on Proverbs is I have met 
a number of younger Christians and younger people that didn't grow up like I was told to, you know, read a proverb, a chapter of Proverbs a day and apply it to your life, mm-hmm. which I found very helpful and very shaping to my character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I understand that Proverbs has shown me how to live life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know how to live life. Yeah. So if we can get people to open these these scriptures up and see the light right in front of their feet, That's one right. foot in front of the other, then that would be a good thing. Well, see, what's beautiful about your testimony is that you were not taught that the scripture was detached from your life. No. And I think maybe sometimes our approach, especially in discipleship, um, has been more towards, you know, this is a this is this is a book we think about. This is a book, but there's there's not a lot of connection between. Oh, this is how this goes with this part of my life. My mama, I love my mama. She used to say, "People haven't changed since the days of Jesus Christ," mm-hmm. and it's true. Yeah. We really haven't changed in that we are fundamentally the things we do not want the things that God wants. We're just oriented that way because of the sin that lives in us. Uh, but we've been given this way back, you know, we've been given this way back through Christ, through wisdom himself yeah. to live in such a way that's not just, it's just not, it's not just good in eternity. It's in the sweet by and by. It's good here in the nasty right. now and now. Yeah. And so um, for me, Proverbs is a wonderful book to disciple people with, um, especially people if you're like me. Now, I didn't come up like you. I came up with a lot of uh, worldly wisdom. Some of it was good and practical and life-giving, and some of it was extremely destructive. Mm. You know, but I didn't know I didn't know the difference yeah. until I met Christ. Mm. And so, for me, going through Proverbs was more of a process of unlearning than learning. Wow, unlearning what I had assumed to be true, but was not was not good for me. It was not life-giving for me or life-giving for people around me. Hmm. So it's a wonderful book, I think, to walk through with somebody in a discipleship process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my hope is that people will, this will spur them on to open up Proverbs on their own. Yeah. Not just listen to me talk to people about what they're learning, but to actually do it on their own Mm -hmm. and to make it a habit. Yeah. How are you going to encourage people to make it a habit? Like, are you going to have some sort of reading plan or well, this is my podcast i asked the question <laughs> let me interview you <laughs> i like to turn the tables yes <laughs> professor ellis in the house yeah that's a great question i think i am going to tell people if you want to get started with proverbs just do what i was told when i was 11 years old mm-hmm. look at the day of the month open to that chapter mm-hmm. read it and Make a note about the thing that stands out to you. Yeah. As as awesome as it is that there are professors who write Wisdom Calling, actually, they should get your book and read that too. But you can just start by opening your Bible yeah. or your app and looking and finding that and reading through it and, and letting that in the moment shape yeah. who you are towards towards life. Yeah, yeah. Under the authority of wisdom. Yeah. You'll see some of the... The characters, you know, who is wisdom, you'll see Mm -hmm. folly, you'll Mm -hmm. see the adulteress, you'll see the sluggard. Mm -hmm. And and so you'll get better at reading Mm -hmm. the Proverbs. But ultimately, you have to open up 
a Bible or a Bible app, and you have to actually have to read it for yourself. Isn't it wonderful that there's 31? It's, I don't one for know. Every, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what the calendar oh, was like when they formed it that know, way. I don't know, but look at that. You know yeah. how convenient that is for our understanding yeah. of right. a month. You know, yeah. Back when I grew up, you got a you got a little New Testament, a pocket New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. Yeah, I remember those. Remember those? Mm-hmm, I do. And you were told, you know, read the Gospels and read some Psalms and then go to that chapter. Yeah. And that's your your basic format for mm-hmm. a devotional or a quiet time sure. or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's good practice. It doesn't matter if you're 11, 21, 31, 81. Right. If you're going to open up the Proverbs, that's a good way to start. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful entree, too, into the just the the, the whole council of Scripture. Yeah. Well, those little books, you took me back with those little uh, psalms. <laughs> some of them New were, Testaments. Yeah, some of them were green. Some yeah. of them were white. I have you know? a white one. You, you got one when you were born. That's right. You got one when you were dedicated if you were at a Baptist yeah. church. You got one in graduation. <laughs> yeah. I have another question I want to ask you. This day and age, the term Proverbs is kind of lost on us. Yeah. When you were growing up, what were the proverbs that you heard on a regular basis that, <laughs> that you can repeat? The homespun wisdom. Sure, like that's what proverbs are. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, homespun wisdom. Yeah. Well, my parents had a lot of them because they were southern and black, and so there was just like, there were so many of them that we would we would mouth them behind their backs with them as they were saying them. You know, God bless that child. That's God is up. <laughs> We'll say so. These are the kind of things that that's that's lost in the culture that's so visual. Let's now. see. All right, all right. I yeah, don't know. If, it, I don't know how what the rating is on your um, on your podcast. But my mom used to say when we used to say, "Well, if my sister hadn't hit me, this wouldn't happen," or "If this hadn't," and my mom used to say, "Well, if the frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his butt so much." <laughs> my papa said the same Did thing. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we were, you know, as kids, you're like, what? What does what? that even mean? What? But um, yeah. my dad used to say, um, use your head for something other than a hat rack. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, they have Never a lot of them. <laughs> of course, there was the old, they used to quote the old, you know, whenever we would ask them for money, they would be like, God bless the child, it's got his own, you know? Yeah, and, right. And, um, right. Then there were a whole bunch that were totally unscriptural and <laughs> not theological, but sure. Know, I mean, like like against scripture altogether. Oh, you know? Okay. It's like, well, that's not true. Yeah. You know, I got a, got a little older, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not really accurate. Yeah, it's funny because I find myself saying those things to my granddaughter now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <sighs> you know, and yeah. she's going to learn them the same way that I did, you know, and and. And how you know what is that? So I've I've started you know saying to her you know, <laughs> ones from scripture when when we're all short tempered, you know the fool shows his annoyance at once, hmm. you know let's change yeah. our tone everybody, yeah um, and uh, yeah so it's it's funny how realizing that like I'm realizing ahead of time that the things that I say and the things that I repeat will be the things that that shape her and form mm-hmm. her. It's a wonderful opportunity, but it's also something I want to steward well. In our lifetime, we've gone from an an auditory-based way of mem- remembering things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You'd either write it down or you would say it, you would memorize it, to uh, a visual way of remembering things, Yeah. right? And so I'm 
uh, I'm a little bit on a quest, and maybe Don Quixote, but I'm a little <laughs> bit of a quest to recapture that that auditory, uh, those mnemonic, is that mm-hmm. the right word? How yeah. you remember things? Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I don't speak Hebrew because I understand that a lot of these have devices in them that mm-hmm. made them easier for Hebrew kids to memorize. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, lost when you translate. Yeah. And thank God that he preserves his word. You know, that he speaks, that, that God speaks all the languages and he still retains the, the message that he wants us to understand uh, in a way that still brings us life. You yeah. know, uh, that just speaks to his power and his authority over, you know, over language and time and how we perceive things. I don't think you're tilting at windmills. I think this is a wonderful project. Um, Yeah. God has prepared us on every side. He's hemmed us behind. He's hemmed us before. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's really, it all around. Yeah. (laughs) It's really something. It really is I just really marvel at how, I'm like, aren't you glad they didn't make us be God? What a relief. We would have loved it. I'm sure. <laughs> Whoever they are. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a thank God that God is God. You know, only he could hold the universe together by his wisdom in such a way that he keeps his promise of keeping a people for himself all the way to the end. You know? And it makes sense that he would create using his words. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He Spoke that things into being. Yeah. And his word sustains us his word leads us to life yeah oh it's just so good yeah (laughs) hey thanks for listening we'd love to hear what you had to think about this bonus episode with professor ellis from the edmonton center for the study of bible and ethnicity i'm jim i'm the host you can contact us at out of the fog proverbs at gmail.com or find us on instagram at out of the fog proverbs take care